Amen. Now that's a great song. How many enjoy that? That's a good song. I just want to know, everybody, put your hands together like this. That's how it sounds when people are connected in a service and clapping together. Let's just do something. Everybody clap together on beat. Ready? One, two, three. Do it again. Oh, look at that. We got rhythm. Hey, all right. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's try that while we worship and clap and let's enjoy God. Can we say amen? amen. We're here to celebrate our freedom. Amen? He, he who the captive... He set the captive free, right? And he who's free is? Well, if we're free, then let our voices, let our ears, let our hearts, let our hands, let our whole being know it. Look at your neighbor and say, does your body know it? Come on. We've come into this place not just to be in a building, but we're coming to this place and have an experience with God. How many want to have an experience with God? Come on. Well, the experience in God doesn't happen until you enter in. If you want to get wet, you got to get in the water. <laughs> this is why we've come into the house of the Lord. Because our God is a great God. Our God is on our side. No matter what we go through, we know who's in charge. Can you give him some praise? Let's lift up our voices. You know, so many people in the world don't have a joy of the Lord. But I'll be honest with you, saints. Sometimes I ask myself, Lord, your people need revival. Your people need a fresh wind of your Holy Ghost. Sometimes the wood's a little wet and they don't want to move. I just ask God, God, will you just help us? How many know we all need some help? I know pastor needs some help. I'm striving and driving to be the best I can. I want you to strive and drive to be the best you can. Come on. Can you put your praise together and just give them some praise? Can you? He's good, he's great, and guess what? He's more than that. Look at your neighbor and say, he's so more than that. I just want to let you know all that is free. I'm going to, let's go before Father. Father, so thank you so much for who you are. You're wonderful. We've come, Lord, to say thank you. We've come, Lord, to re reflect upon your goodness. God, we just ask, Holy Spirit, have your way. Teach us and help us. Let us truly, Father, dive in. Spend time with you. Refreshing, Lord, our hearts. Father, let the soil in which of our whole soul produce great seed and great harvest. Lord, as we just enjoy you and share you and be your light. Now, Lord, have your way in our hearts. Draw us ever so close to you. For we are so grateful for who you are and all that you do. Touch those in need. Touch those that are not here today because of anything upon their bodies, anything they're facing. God, we just be with them in a very special way. Touch them. Help them. Let them know they are loved. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people with a loud voice said, Amen. We got a lot of what ifs today. In the middle of life is if. 
So your life is going to be according to what you do. If you do this, you're going to receive this. If you do that, you're going to receive that. So in the middle of life is an if. And I want to know, what if you decided right now, today, to say, you know what? I'm going to be a thankful person. I'm going to start thinking about the things that God has given me. I'm going to start thinking about what I do have. I want to start thinking about the things that are that gives me blessings. I mean, if you're healthy, is that not a good thing to give thanks for? If your whole body is healthy, but you have a bad toe, do you focus on your bad toe and that's all you talk about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when your toe is hurting, we give all attention to what's hurting. But we give no attention to the other things that are not hurting. But the more you focus on your toe that's hurting, you miss everything else that happens around you as well. But what if, what if, no matter what, we really lived by what the word of God said? What if we really took the words of God to heart? We're going to learn a simple scripture today. I'm going to... We're going to say it together. I hope we can memorize it together. I pray you go out saying, I'm going to get this in my heart. It's not a hard scripture. And some of you will say, yeah, I've, I've read that scripture before. I kind of know that scripture. This is not it. But listen to this powerful portion of scripture found in Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now watch the result. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. This is powerful. Most people don't have peace because they don't know the peace giver. Most people are in pain because they're not taking their hurts to the Lord. The more you reveal to the Lord, the more the Lord will heal your present situation. It's important for us, all of us, to know. Life is a journey, and it's filled with adventure. Amen? What, what's some of those ventures? Well, we have joy. We have love and success and hope. But life is also filled with troubles and pain and failure and disappointment. Can someone say amen? So the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time, and it gives a whole list of all the things that take place in life, all of these things that take place. Often, though, we focus on difficult situations, and we will focus on a difficult situation, and that's what we focus on. And that's all we talk about, that's all we complain about, that's all we heard about, that's all everybody hears about, and we are making not only yourself miserable, but everybody around you as well. Why is that? Because we have a tendency as human beings to focus on life's difficult situations. When we focus on life's difficult situation, the joy of the Lord will not be your strength. You may have the knowledge, you may have the understanding, you may have all the answers, but you won't have the joy because you're focusing on the wrong things. You see, you feed it, and whatever you feed, the words you talk, the words you feed, the words you complain about are the things that will take place in your life. Words spoken today are results Reap later. So I want you to know, what if, what if we really allowed God to be God? What if we just said, okay, God, I don't like what's happening in my life. I don't like this. Or I, it's really difficult, Lord. How many can bear witness to that? Yeah, come on. Let's be real. Yeah. 
But also, how can you change your thinking to say, but God, your word tells me that you're with me, you're in me, you're for me, you're ahead of me, you're behind me, you're on the side of me, you're under me, and you're over me. Can you give God praise? You see, when you start focusing on those things, it will change you. And not only will it change you, but it'll start changing every situation around you. It starts with you. It doesn't start with other people. Sometimes people say, well, I'll be happy if this changes. No, nope, those things don't change. People just don't change. You know who changed? You have to change. It all starts with you. That's the problem that we have in our, in our cognitive understanding. So, so often we allow difficult circumstances to swallow up God's power and, and God's promises and God's provision and, and God's greatness and God's goodness because of, of a problem. Someone say problem. How many right now have a problem? You have a problem. Raise your hand. You got a problem, okay? Yeah, problems are always going to be with us. You're not going to get away from that. But what if, someone say, what if? And what's in the middle of life? Oh, thank you for that one person. Thank you. <laughs> in the, what's in the middle of life? Oh, thank you for those three people. What's in the middle of life? Oh, thank you so much, congregation. If. If you do this, this will take place. If you do that, that will take place. It works both positive and negative. If your choice is up to you, where do you rank in giving thanks? You see, a lot of people just focus on the bad stuff. But if we choose to give thanks in everything, someone say in, in. Everything. everything. Now, we're going to talk about this. If we believe that God has a work for us, if God has a plan for us, if we truly believe that God's with us, we need to realize that we can give thanks even when things don't go our way. Hello. Because, see, our faith is tested when things don't go our way. We have to realize, is God on our side? Is God with me? Is he for me? Is he going to work in my present situation? And if we walk by faith and not by sight... We'll get to see what God can do. So I want you to look at this. If we allow God in every circumstance in our life, colors will be seen brighter, relationship will grow stronger, our perceptive about perceptives of the life around us will be healthier. We'll start to change. Why? Because we start thinking about how great is our God. See, understanding, it's easy to say God's great. And everybody would say, yeah. But when you have a problem, can you still say, your God's great? Can you still say, God, I trust you? Can, can you still relax and, and rely on God? Psalms 9, 1 and 2 says this. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, my God most high. That's personal. No, and that's not like just when things are going good. Because everybody says, well, it's great. Hallelujah. Ooh, things are so good. Things are so good in my life. They haven't been this great. Woo. And then when something comes in your life that just seems to knock you off the ladder, can you still sing the song, How Good God Is? You know, a lot of people have understood exactly how that is when things happen suddenly. Give thanks from our hearts to the one who's working on our behalf. Decide today, decide today to raise your ranks in giving thanks. Because if God says brother, sister, or he would, yeah, he would say son, daughter, 
You're only raking a, a four, but you think you're an eight. Because that's what God would say to some of us. God would say to me, Brian, you may think you're a five, but you're really a two in giving thanks. You see, the way we think we're giving thanks to God versus the way God sees us giving thanks, the best way you can see God giving you giving thanks is when things go wrong in your life. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So what if, what if we choose today to focus not on the negative words we tell ourselves? People complain about other people's words, but you know what? You talk to yourself more than anybody talks to you. You're always listening to your words, and you know what? Sometimes your words are the worst words. If your words are negative all the time, I'm going to give you a Greek word, and it's a mean word, but it's going to be really tough on you. Ready? When your words are negative, shut up. Greek. <laughs> Translated. You see, if you're talking to yourself full of negative stuff and you start believing it like, yeah, God's not with me. Look what's happening. You know what? If God was with me, I wouldn't be going through this. Yeah, really? Seriously? You know that? You know, you know that? See, we, all we do is, always, why is that happening to me and not this person? Why? You would want something ill on somebody else? Really? Well, that's really good. That's a nice hot love. What if we choose today to focus not on the negative words we tell ourselves? What if we choose today not to focus on the words that other people say to us or the actions they do to us? Did you see what she did? Did you see what he did? I can't believe it. Ugh. <laughs> and we focus on an action of someone else, ill response, evil response, and yet, it steals our joy. See, that happened to Jesus. Was he not on the cross? Was he on the cross? And yet, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow. You see, we have so many examples in scriptures, and we'll talk about it. What if, what if we choose a life of truly given thanks every day as we, watch this now, put God's word at the center of our day? You see, a lot of times, I, I tell this all the time, but I tell people, read the scriptures. Why? Because the scriptures will transform your inside, your heart. If you're not reading the scriptures, your growth is not going to happen. You need to be in the word of God so it can transform you. Some books inform, other books reform. The word of God will transform your life. It's spiritual words. It's God's word talking to your heart. It's a personal love letter. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but... When does Thanksgiving take place? What month? Okay, everybody knows their calendar. Great. So we have this great thing in November called Thanksgiving. And then what's the big holiday in December? Christmas. So we have a time where we give thanks, and we have a time we give. It's so cool. How Thanksgiving. But you cannot give, you will not give, unless you have a thankful heart. I see this all the time. People who are not grateful are not givers. They're thinking about self, but they're not givers. But giving is a fruit of the Spirit to give. Give generously. God, God wants your heart because that's what it's all about. He gave generously. We need to be generous in the way we use our words, to be generous with our words, to be free. If you love someone, let them know. Our generosity can go beyond so many other areas in our life. But we give, we thanks in Thanksgiving, and then we give in December. But that's why I like the word Thanksgiving. The more you have gratitude, the more it's going to be expressed in your life.
Do you want to be a person that shows Thanksgiving? How many would raise your hand and say, I want to be a thankful person? Come on, raise your hand. No, of course, everybody's going to raise their hand. Yes. But here's a question I have for you. You want to be something, but how are you going to get there? This morning, most of you got in cars and you turned your car on and you drove on certain roads and certain roads got you here. Amen? So you, we want our lives to be different, but we're not doing anything to get to our destination. If you want to get to your destination in God, you need to do your part. Because God says, do your part. You do the be your best. And I want... I'll do the rest. God says that. God tells us so many times in his word, so many different ways, that type of message. I'm with you. Put me first, and all those things will be added unto you. Don't worry about it. Put me first. But we're not putting God first. We're trying to do what we're going to do, but God's not really in the control seat. Hello? We say he is, but he really don't have the wheel. We say he is, but whose foot is on the gas pedal? We just want God to step on the brake when we get ourselves in trouble. So I want you to understand something. We all need to rise in our rankings of our thanksgiving. In the NIV Bible, when you look up the word give thanks, it's mentioned 34 times. Now, just that word, give thanks. If you look at thanksgiving and all the different others, the word of God is full of expressions about giving thanks. And even translation may use the word give thanks more times or less times. But I want you to understand something. There are so many expressions about you and I giving thanks. And when people are in trials, they don't often give thanks. They're more like saying, God, and they're focusing on the trial. They're not focusing on how God's going to bring a triumph at the end. So here's a question that I have for you. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. How many have ever heard that saying? Raise your hand. It's an old saying. When a, something tough happens in your life, don't think God's not in it. Hello. Was God in the life of Joseph? Hello. Was God in the life of Moses? God's in your problem just as much as in your joy. So before we take a journey today, let me look at a few things that takes away our joy. Painful experiences that takes place. Uncertainty. Fears. You know, fears will always affect your focus when you're fearful. Rejection, failure, insecurities. Let's go to our text, and let's learn this portion of Scripture today. Let's read it together. You ready? One, two, three. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Wow. Meditate on that for a second. Be joyful always. How many of you are joyful always? How many want to lie in church? I want you to think about this statement. We're going to just talk about what is the Apostle Paul saying to us to be joyful always? How, Lord, do I be joyful always? Serious? You see, this is a difficult command. It's really an oxymoron. How many know what an oxymoron is? An oxymoron is taking two words that are similar, like opposites, and bringing them together. I'll give you a few examples. Ice, water. Ice is solid. Water you drink. But yet we know exactly what ice water is. How many enjoy a good cup of ice water? Come on, yeah. Baby, 
baby giant. I love that one. Bit a bigger half. That'll make sense. If it's half, how can it be bigger? Oh, he got the bigger half. Mm. How about this? Clean dirt. You see these signs that said, we need clean dirt. How many times your mother said, get out of the house, you got dirt on your feet. Oh, mom, it's clean. That don't work. How about the dark light? You know what a dark light is, right? Well, that's oxymorons. These are two words that are opposite, yet they're used together. This is, you hear this in the news all the time. False facts. <laughs> How about love this one? Lodge shrimp. How about this one? You're going to like this one. Short sermon. <laughs> Being joyful always together is a phrase that seems unnatural. Lord, how do you expect me to be joyful? To be joyful, that's one thing. But always, that's something, a whole different story. God, you don't know. We have problems. You have problems. Are you joyful always? What is God really telling to us? It's a question. What does it mean to have joy in the midst of your trials? What does it mean to have joy in the midst of your test? A joyful spirit is one who gets his strength, watch this now, from the word of God. Because when you run into a trial, you know who's over your trial. Therefore, I can have joy. Because the joy of the Lord is my my, my joy is not dictated because of my situation or my circumstance. My joy is dictated because of the one I know. The one I have put my whole heart in. The one I trust. This is where it's all about. It's a dependency. Here it goes now. This is where we have a high time. This is where the rubber meets the road. It's a dependency of trusting God in the midst when we don't see things clearly. I'll trust you, Lord, even though I don't understand. How many can bear witness with that? I'm going to trust you, Lord, because your word has told me I can trust you. And when you go through some stuff and God brings you through this, and every trial God brings you through, it builds your trust. How many would say amen to that? I've been through too much. I want you to understand there's got to be a dependency. There is, it, is there anyone who has carried the faith, kept the joy in the midst of turmoil in Scripture? I always, when I have a situation, I'll go to Scripture and see how other people have handled certain situations. I look at the life of Joseph. Joseph had it really hard. And Joseph didn't have a lot of people around him lifting him up. I want you to understand something. Here Joseph is almost killed by his own brothers, rejected, and then sold as a slave and taken away from all his family. 13 years. Can someone say 13 years? 13 years. He is away from everything. He is a slave. He is under oppression. He is going through things. He's accused falsely. You know what people would say if, they were, if, if Joseph was a Christian and he was a normal person just like you and I? There was no difference between you and him. But he kept his faith in God in the midst of the test, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of being, things are unfair, God. I didn't do this thing that I'm being accused of. Why am I in prison? I've done everything right, Lord. I want you to get the, the process of Joseph taken away from his family just because his brothers were jealous and full of hate 
full of just downright. In the midst of it all, God was working even in the midst. Because out of Joseph's own mouth says, you wanted to do evil to me. But God intended it for good. But he couldn't say that in the beginning, could he? No, he had a process to go through before he understood God was the orchestrator of his life. I want you to understand something. We're going to go through the trials, but in the midst of your trial, you got to give thanks. you got to rank in the thanks in order to see God see you through. God, not done yet. I don't care what situation you are. I have them, you have them. Life sometimes is unfair. Life is tough sometimes. But God is true, and he's on your side. Look at your neighbor and say, he's on your side. Joseph knew he wasn't alone because Joseph put his faith, he trusted in his God. And God gave him favor and gave him favor along the way. Gave him some life, I could say. Gave him some feet, gave him some favor when he needed it. Even in a bad situation. You want to talk about Daniel? How many of you would love to live Daniel's life? Oh, we talk about that lion's den. David was in the lion's den. He made those lions just like little pillows. He just laid their head down and said, look what God's done. Yeah, you like to go in the pit before God can make them into giant pillows? What would you do if you had a lion in front of you? I'll tell you what most of you would do. You pee your pants. <laughs> True story. True story. A, a pastor... Him and his wife took a safari in Africa. And the guy said, whatever you do, don't stare down the lion. Don't look into his eyes and stare him down. But his wife did. She just was in awe of this animal, just strength, the, the, just the muscles, and the, just everything about it. She just looked and looked, and they contacted our eyes. And the lion left with a roar. She peed her pants right in the vehicle. Because you don't understand, the lion is not the king of the jungle because of his size. An elephant is bigger and stronger than the lion. And there's other things stronger than a lion. However, the roar of a lion is intimidating. That's why he's a king of the jungle. I want you to understand, you know, the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion, but God's taken away his teeth. He's Gumby because of the power of Almighty God. you got to remember there's going to be stuff that's going to come against you, but you got to know greater is he that's in you than in the world. you got to understand who your God is. Rise up above the circumstance because circumstances are going to come. But it says... Be joyful always. Well, how can I always be joyful? Because I'm going to lead you and I'm going to see you through. I'm not going to leave you alone. That's your God. That has picked me up more times than I can tell you. When I am down, when I seem to be out, when I'm looking underneath the barrel and I see made in China, I remember what God's word says to me. And I say, you know what, God? Let's go. I'm ready. Let's do this thing because God is with his people. Just like Daniel, enslaved by the Babylonians at a young age. He could have been about 14 years old. Taken into a foreign country. Changed his name 
taught them all about the, the Babylonians' ways. And yet Daniel stood to his faith. In the myth of being in a foreign country as a slave, he did not leave his faith. He might have left his country, but he did not leave the relationship that he had with his God. Why was that? Because he knew who his God was. And when you know who your God is, no matter what trial and what problem comes, you got to be in the word of God. you got to be in the word. If the word's not in you, it's not going to come out of you. It's the bottom line. That's why it's so important to get into the word. Daniel was forced into a hungry lion, uh, pit of lions. They didn't feed the lions, so as soon as they went in, they get devoured. But they didn't devour him because God protected him. But those people who falsely accused Daniel, this is a sad story. But remember, when evil does, evil only does for so long. And there's a day where the cup gets full. And then they receive the very, they receive all that they put out. It's a sad day, not a good day. It's never a good day. But what you sow, you reap. Come on now, get this. What you sow, you reap. It's a principle that just doesn't work in the kingdom of God. It's a principle in life, period. What you sow, you reap. So you sow little, you reap little. You sow much, you reap much. The word of God is clear on that. But God protected them. But even though Daniel was alone, he wasn't alone. Someone say he wasn't alone. No, he wasn't alone. Hey, listen, you may feel alone, but you're not alone. When I felt alone and feel so isolated and insulated, I reminded myself the promise of God. I am not alone. It does something for us because it's the truth of God's word. It builds the heart and it builds our faith because we get a growing dependence in God. If it was easy, anybody would do it. Hello. It's like people who work out. You say, man, you're in good shape. They don't got in good shape just because they, they, they had a warm wish. Takes action. Someone say it takes actions. So what do you want to see in your life? You want to grow in your thanks? It takes actions. You want to see a product from your actions. It's going to take a decision to do something different than you're doing. Because if you want to get something different and you're doing the same thing, they call that insanity. If you find yourself complaining, 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 and negative, and negative, and negative, man, I'll tell you what, you're going to put yourself into an early grave. But if you want to allow God to fill your cup with his goodness in the midst, in the midst of your problem, you can have peace. Come on now. Because there is a peace giver, and his name is Jesus. We can have joy. Always, because we know he's leading us, he's in us, he's for us, he's on our side. If he did it for Joseph, if he did it for Daniel, he did it for Moses, he did it for Paul, he did it for his disciples, listen, he's going to do it for you. God is not a respecter of persons, but he wants a relationship. Your relationship with God will dictate what God does in you and through you. Amen? Well, let's go to the second one. It says, pray continually. Come on, let's all say, uh-oh. Are you praying continually? How much time do you pray and talk to God? I'll be honest with you. I'll be really honest with you. I talk to God a lot. You might catch me mumbling sometimes, but I'm not talking to you. I'm always kind of mumbling and talking to the Lord. 
I love my early, early morning times, but I love my times when I'm still in bed before I even get up. I'm having a conversation. I'm inviting God into my life. I'm saying, God, what are we going to do today? I want to, you know, give me help. Give me, give me strength. Give me clarity. Lord, I just, you know, I'm just talking to just heart-to-heart talk. I just love that, to tell you the truth. I want you to start just talking to God everywhere. Just bring him into every situation. Have a relationship with God. You know, if you have a good friend that you trust and, and that you talk to and, they, and, and they'll tell you the truth, whether you like to hear it or not, you're a blessed person. You're a blessed person. And I always tell people, how do you know you have someone in your life that, you, that is good for you? Because they'll tell you the truth, even when you don't like it. Because most people will tell you what you want to hear. Yeah, we've got plenty of those people. People who really love you and want the best for you will tell you the truth. And if you're smart, listen to me, if you're smart, you'll listen to them. And make you better. If you don't listen to them, you're going to stay the same. Someone say amen. That's good advice right there. So bring people into your life so that they can build you up. Joseph and Daniel, in this case, it doesn't tell you that they had anybody, but they had somebody. Amen? Because their situation, they were separated from everybody. Now, Daniel had Meshach and Abednego. Uh, and Meshach, 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 Shadrach. How can I remember the guy that lived in the shack? Oh, man. You got one with knee height, the other one lived in a shack. Um, they had them, and they were, and the people that were there, but Joseph, you can't see nothing in Scripture that he had people around him. We got to pray continually. God is answering prayer. Now, do you believe in prayer? Yeah, people say amen. I believe in prayer. Uh, let me ask you something. When you pray the most, is there a problem? Or you pray the most because you're just praying. And when you pray, when you pray, are you just praying like praying without really understanding that God may want to talk to you in the midst of your rant? One time I was praying and I was on there like this, and this little voice just spoke to my heart and says, can you just stop? And I'm like, stop? What do you mean? And the thing is, God wanted to say something to me, but I was so much just blah, 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 blah. And those who are talkers, how many talkers out there? We can talk. Sometimes we have to stop to listen of what God wants to say to us. And those that don't talk, you need to talk so that you can get conversation going with God in your life. It goes both ways. How is your prayer life? God tells us in Colossians Nope, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me for a second. Let me get back to where I, I was. God tells us in Colossians. Well, that's not it. Hold on. Did my, I, mess, I might have messed up my PowerPoint. I guess I must have, it might be afterwards, but Colossians, it says, devote yourself to prayer, chapter 4-2. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourself to prayer. How many are devoted to prayer? I mean, you actually are praying to God because you and, you and the Lord, you're best friends, right? And if you have a best friend, you're talking with that best friend all the time. That's how you know Jesus is your best friend, because you usually talk to those who, who you know who cares about you. The one who's actually going to, you know, who's involved in your life. A best friend will talk to you and share with you and, and communicate with you. God wants you. And you're, if you're talking to him, well, you're making him your best friend. Some say, pray the Lord. James, James says this in 5, 15. And pray 
and offer your prayers in faith, and that will make the sick well. The Lord will raise them up. He, if he has sinned, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Look at this portion of scripture here. In Colossians, it's about giving thanks in all circumstances. Giving thanks in all circumstances. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. You are called to peace. Do you have peace in your life? And be thankful. Thankfulness and peace will always be together. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with what? What's the word? Gratitude in your heart to God. Do you see how it all is connected? And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If you don't have thanks, you won't have peace. You won't have gratitude. These things all go together. The tragedy that so often happens is that when the Bible tells us to give thanks in all circumstances, people say, well, pastor, do you give thanks? Do I give thanks? I was in an automobile by accident, and I had three of my friends, and I was the only one that came out of that, I was the only one that came out of that vehicle. True story. He said, you know how hard it is for me to know that my two friends are dead, and I'm the only one that's living. I'm having a hard time with this. And I said, listen you got to understand something. There are things in life that are beyond you, and God so chose to spare your life for such a time as this. I don't know why, but God does. It's now your choice to look to him for your answers. I have no answers to tell them. He's struggling because why did God choose me? Why am I still living? That's a question that only God can ask or answer but you need to seek them. Pastor, give thanks in all things. Well, my child just died. How do I give thanks for all things? You can't. You can't give thanks for all things, but you can know you can give thanks to the one who's going to strengthen you and help you and give you what you need when you feel like you're falling apart. You understand what it means to give thanks in all things? That even in the midst of your trial and in the midst of your pain, you know that there is someone there that's going to pick you up and through it all, he's going to turn it around for he'll work all things for the good for those that love him. I don't know why tragedy takes place. I don't know why these things take place, but I do know that we live in a fallen world. I do know that there is evil out there that wants to steal, kill, and destroy we are living in a faulty world. This is not our home. One day we should have our true citizenship, which is in heaven according to Philippians 3. But until then, we are called to be lights. And when we go through hardships, God's telling us to be thankful. God's telling us to be grateful. God's telling us to live in joy. And he's telling us to pray continually. And this is the hottest one I think all of us try to pull together to understand the third part of this whole thing. To give thanks. Now, it doesn't say give thanks for all things. Oh, thank you, Lord, that I got a flat tire. Hallelujah. 
But it says give thanks in all things. You might have to get a flat tire, but that flat tire, you could have landed up in a tree. Thank God you didn't land up in a tree because of it. Getting a flat tire is no big deal because something worse could happen. You understand? Sometimes we focus so much on what's happening. A friend of mine taught me this, and I, I, I thought it was great. I was stuck in traffic, and I was saying, man, I hate traffic. You know, especially I, I travel a lot at one point in my life and travel back and forth to here to Boston and back and forth and places in Missouri to Boston. And, and when you get in traffic, it's not good. But he says, you know, you ever think about while you're in traffic, maybe there's a preventing you that God kept you in traffic, so there was not going to be an accident somewhere. You, you know, you don't know the whole story. You don't know. How many of you have ever gone to the hospital, and, and this happens to, I know many of you, but you go to a hospital and you have this problem, but while you're there, they find this problem, and if it wasn't for them, you going to the hospital for this problem, they would have never discovered this problem. Aren't you thank God for the problem? Geneva is one of them. She would have died if she didn't go to the hospital because of some other ailment she had. I can share this story here. And my sister-in-law, Mary, had breast cancer. She had breast cancer, and it was a road, really, really, really tough road for her. But in the midst of being having breast cancer, they did a, a, a test, and they found a polyp that was in the colon. They said, that is a real killer. If, they, we, if you didn't have breast, this is what they said, if you didn't have breast cancer, we would have never seen this. You would have never knew it was there, and this would have killed you. And they found it. Breast cancer, in some sense, way, you could say saved her life. Crazy, isn't it? We don't know why things take place, but we, we got to remember that God works all things for the good. And things happen, and it's bad, but we don't know what God's doing in the whole story. Some say whole story. And in the midst of the whole story, we say, well, I don't want to be joyful. I don't, I don't want to pray. I don't want to give thanks in this, this miserable moment and season of my life. We've all had them. I've had them. I don't understand after doing a wedding for my nephew, having a wonderful time, had a great talk with him, got him to not get on the road right away and put him in a hotel. He was so extremely exhausted and I said don't go on the road you guys are terribly exhausted he did and they wanted to go on to the place on honeymoon in the morning and then get in a severe accident and died less than 24 hours after being married if you can understand that you're better than I but in the midst of that, we give thanks because God knows what he's doing. We don't understand it, but our job is to trust him. And God has done incredible work in both my brother and sister-in-law. And still doing incredible work. Now they lead a grief share program, helping others to deal with grief. You, you, you don't see that sometimes this scripture is more than just a scripture. It's a way of living. Where do you rank and you're giving thanks? Are you only thankful when everything's going your way? Hey, I'm happy as the camper boy. Everything's going my way. Woo-hoo! And all of a sudden when things don't go your way, oh, I am miserable and God doesn't love me. And all right, all right, all right. Woe is me. No. In this world... We have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. He's not done yet. 
Why do you think testimonies are so good? Because you've gone through the test and, the, yeah, and gone through the moanies. But together, you get a chance to praise God to see, hey, you know, there was a moment in my life where you talked to someone. There was a moment in my life I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. But you know what? I was going to give joy. I was going to pray. I was going to continue to do what God wanted me to do. And you know what? Now that I'm out at the other end, man, this is what happened to me. God can do it for you too. See, we don't see that in the midst of the problem, in the midst of the hurt. We don't see that. Give thanks in all circumstances. It's difficult. Young couple gets married, and the wife comes down with cancer. Shortly after marriage, they last one year and a half. Year and a half after being married there, he's now burying his wife. Tragic. But in the midst of it all, there has to be a dependency and there has to be a trust. That's where the trust factor comes in. That's when the character is built up. That's when we understand that we're not living for a here. One day, one day, we're going to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. One day, we're going to be in a world that's whole different. Let me tell you, but we're here for a purpose. And it's not just to gain all we can, put it in the can and then sit on the can. It's a vain life living that way. Do something with what you got. Change lives. Impact lives. For the glory of God. Don't get me preaching. Disciples had to watch the persecution of their brothers and sisters die because of the authorities that disliked them and hated them. The prophets had to watch nations be conquered by their enemies because Israel refused to be obedient to God. When you learn to trust, you'll learn how to rest in God. I want you to understand something. What will happen to you when you give God thanks, it will change your heart. You'll walk with peace. You'll have inner joy. This will take place when you start to change the way you look at the problem. It's not the problem that's the problem. It's how you respond to the problem that becomes your problem. Jeremiah 33, 11, Give thanks to the Lord always. Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever. Let me share a few things with you to land the plane. What will cause us to live a life full of thanks? Where do you rank in your giving? Well, how do I change this, Lord? That's a good question. How, what can I, what can cause this to change? The first thing is know God. Know who he is. And the way you're going to know God is know his word. Someone say, know God, know his word. You got to get that. God can't be a hit and a miss. Because if you read your Bible, hit and a miss, you're going to miss more than you hit. Start reading what God's saying to you is his love letter to you. You want to change your, your way you think? You want to change your heart? Get some time with the master. So important. Number two, be obedient to his commands. What does God say to do? God, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commands. Do what his word says. But you can't do if you're not in God's word. Knowing God and, what he, and knowing that he died on the cross of you is not enough. It's not enough. Having knowledge is not enough. It's a doctor who has the knowledge to cure cancer but does nothing with it. 
Knowledge is not enough. Knowledge is a tool that needs to be used in the right purpose and the right way to get the right results. That's what knowledge is. Having knowledge within itself, not really helpful unless it's applied to what it needs to be applied to. So we need to be obedient. We might know it, but we have to do it. Amen? Number three, think right according to the word of God. Stop allowing the stinking thinking to consume your life. That stinking thinking is going to destroy you. Don't focus just on the negative. Don't allow what's happened to you to have a lousy attitude to the ones around you. You know, you ever met a cranky person? They are so quick-tempered. They will fly off the handle so quickly. Why? Because they're carrying, not releasing to the Lord. If you want to carry all of the hardships and all the pain, then it's going to be expressed this way. You can't carry. God says cast. Someone say, don't carry. Cast. Cast it unto the Lord. Don't carry. Think right according to the word of God. What does God say about you? Man, I can really get going here. I'm going to land the plane. Land the plane. Be grateful and carry an inner gratitude for what you have. I tell people all the time that contentment is ruined by comparison. You know, people look at this, you know, I, I've been to some really crazy places. Doesn't faze me because I'm just a whole different now. People look at these houses and they go, wow, look at this house, wow. And I'm saying to myself, it's a house. You got heat in your house? Yeah. You got furniture in your house? Yeah. You got, you know, the luxuries that you enjoy? Yeah. Everybody's different. Don't envy someone. Thank God they're blessed. Amen? And don't be envying. Be grateful. My dad said this all the time, and I've never forgotten it. I say my things my dad just say more than I ever thought I ever would. But he had, and that's why I write, I write a lot, and I write a lot of sayings, and I have a lot of sayings written down in books, and, well, I have things coming out shortly. But, but that being said, I, I want you to understand, I want you to understand that. My dad used to say this, <laughs> be thankful for what you got. Because you're complaining you have no shoes until you, don't, you meet someone who has no feet. You see, we always think something's better. Be thankful. you got a pair of shoes on your feet. Some, some people don't have shoes on their feet. They can't afford them. I don't know about my kids. Some of my kids, you couldn't get uh, them to keep shoes on their feet. But be grateful. Stop thinking about what God has done. Count your blessings one by one. Because when you're ungrateful, you're going to hurt you. Because God has blessed you. Even when you think, well, I don't have this. I don't have that. Complain, complain, complain. What do you have? Because when you start to be grateful for what you do have, you're going to change your tune. I do, I'm pretty heavy with the youth and, and with young people because they're always complaining. They always want. They don't have a phone, updated phone. 
What do you do for a phone? You know, I can't even say you talk on it anymore because most people don't even talk on it. Yeah. They're five feet away. What you doing? Hey, not much. I don't know yet. You want to do anything? Uh, I don't know. I'm like having a conversation on texting. I'm like, come on, guys. You're right there. I just say, hello. Talk to each other. Let's move on. Number five. Believe God's word for what it says. Do you believe it? Because if you believe it, you should live it to the best of your ability. No one's going to be perfect. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not perfect. Just tell someone. Get it out of your, just get out of your system. Tell them you're not perfect. <laughs> Problem is, sometimes we love to give ourselves an excuse why we don't do things. That's not an excuse to say you're not perfect. It's just a reality that we're going to strive and drive. But listen, that's the key. That's a sanctification process, the strive and drive. Believe God's word for what it says. If you stop believing God's word for what it says, it's going to change your heart. It's going to change your heart. It's going to change your ways. It's going to change your ways. It's going to change your life. I'll go one step further. Go change your family. It's very important. Faith believes God, and faith moves mountains in our life when we start to believe God. And as you guys are in the small groups and talking about heroes of faith, you're going to see what faith can do. When you start to believe what God's word says. Mm, good stuff. Number six. Express the right attitude towards those to others in good or troubled times. Hello. When you're having a bad day, don't lash out at people just because it's a, you're frustrated and aggravated and in your situation. How many of you have ever lashed out at anybody? Go ahead, be honest. Yes. I think we all have had moments where we have lashed out and said, I'm sorry, I overreacted, I let my emotions run with me. If you mess up with somebody, just tell them, sorry, my bad, I'm a little bit tense today, frustrated, you didn't deserve that. If you do it, apologize, ask for forgiveness, amen? amen. Have a moment, say something, don't just like, oh well, they'll get over it. Now, don't do that. Express the right attitude towards others, whether in good times or bad times, in troubles and hardships. Listen, try to get the right attitude. The only way to get the right attitude, and I'll tell you this is the biggest thing you could do. When you have a bad attitude, get away, get alone by yourself with God, and you and God work it out. Then come back out to real people <laughs> so that you can treat them and love them. Amen? When you're under the pressure and under the gun and you feel it, have a little talk with Jesus. Amen? It helps me all the time. Just being open. Number seven. Know your God-given gifts and purpose. Hey, understand who you are. Understand your giftings. Understand what, what God's calling you to do. You're going to be so much happier when you work within your God-given gifts and purpose. You don't have to be like such and such. God's not calling you to be like such and such. He's calling you to be you. Isn't that good? Someone say amen. Oh, that's so good. He's calling you to be you. So know your gifts and know your purpose. Have some fun with it. Number eight. What can cause you to live a life of thanksgiving? Make time for the spiritual disciplines in your life. This is huge. Shortly, I'm going to get away alone with God. I get away with, alone with God uh, as much as I can just to get away from all the static and so I can just get clarity. 
and I am in need for a lot of clarity. You need time for praying and giving and fasting and learning God's word. Loving God and loving others and all the disciplines that come with just serving God. Focus upon these things. There's many disciplines in the scripture that you can apply to your life. Matthew chapter 6 focuses on Joel 3 that I just mentioned here about praying, giving, and fasting. Those are what he called, chapter 6 in the beginning called the requirements. Look at this portion of scripture and end it. 1 Thessalonians 5 tells us 16 and 18. Let's all say this together one more time. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Wow, wait a minute, Pastor. Are you trying to say that I can know the will of God for my life? Ready for the answer? Yes. And that is for you to be joyful. That's knowing who has your back. You are joyful because you are founded upon the word of God. Continually praying, bringing God into your present situation, knowing that as you pray and as you do what God has asked you to do, as you're faithful to the things of God, to what he's called you, and you continue to pray, God's going to answer pray because he's an answering God. And then give thanks in all circumstances. When the circumstances come and it's hard and you don't understand, give thanks for what God is doing even in the midst, what he has done and what he's going to do because he's faithful. That in the test that you may be facing, he's going to rise up a testimony. And that testimony is going to be a blessing to all those you come in contact with and even your own family. I don't know about you, but we need to ask ourselves, do we want to stay in the ranking that we have right now? If you're a, uh, you classified yourself a four or a five in the rank of giving thanks, do you want to stay there? See, personally for me, I don't ever want to stay at my level. That's why I try to read as much as I can read. I put goals in front of me. You need to have a goal. Don't, I don't care if you're 99 years old. And as far as I know, there's no one in the room 99. You may feel like you're 99, but you're not 99. I want you to stop setting some goals and put them on the Lord, and let's believe God. Let's be joyful. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Let's be consistent and praying and consistent and being in the house of the Lord and consistent with the things of God so God can build you up. So you can become the man and the woman, the wife, the husband, the aunt, the uncle, the grandma, the grandpa, the best friend, whatever your classification, God will do it in you. You allow him to do it through you. Can you stand to your feet? For those watching online and for those here today, I always give an exhortation that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God loves you. God wants you to, to know him. And the first thing that you need to do is to put Jesus as your personal Savior. If you're online and you have not yet given your life to Jesus Christ, that's the first step, the first step to knowing who God is. To simply say, I have sinned. Say, Father, I have sinned against you, and I ask that you would forgive me through Jesus Christ. And I ask you to come into my life, and I ask you to make me 
all that you created me to be. I surrender my life to you. When the, someone say, I surrender. I think we all need to learn to surrender more. And as we surrender, God will come and he'll do a work. We need to, if you want to know the author, you've got to get in the book. That's your next step. Get in the word of God. Get into a place of worship. Get continually. Iron sharpens iron. We need each other. That's why we have small groups. That's why we meet here. That's why we do all that we do. Today, we're going to get a chance to bless the community with a Thanksgiving um, basket. It's more than a basket. It's the whole blooming meal. This is what the hands, that's what our hands were built for. That's what our heart's for. Let's go to the Father right now, right now. And let's ask him to change our hearts. That we would rank, our ranking in thanks would go higher as we start to focus. Father, I pray right now that you would do a work in each heart. God, we come before you saying, forgive us. When we haven't been thankful when we complain more than we think, Father, forgive us right now in the name of Jesus. And this day, this day, I choose to raise the rank of my thanks, God. I want to be more thankful. I want your, I want your joy to rule and reign in my life. I'm going to continue to pray, God. I'm going to continue to seek your face, God. And every circumstance, God, I'm going to invite you in in every circumstance and give you thanks and look forward to what you're going to do in me and through me for I want to glorify your name and fulfill your will. I ask this, Father, in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Give God some praise in the house of the Lord. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.